Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Ship It, Season 2, Episode 2. So happy that we are back. I missed you guys for the two weeks that we were gone, because it was only like two weeks, but we're back. Um, But no matter, today we are talking about Disney Princess Middle Ages. We'll be discussing stories like Little Mermaid, Pocahontas, Mulan, Beauty and the Beast. And these are some of my honest favorites because they're the ones I grew up with. As you can see, I have my Pocahontas shirt on because I I just have Groot. (laughs) Yeah, Groot. He counts for Disney now. It's Disney. Yeah. So let's dive in. Do we ship it? Hello, I am Devin. And I'm Steph. And welcome to We Ship It. This season we are focusing on Disney and other animated films and the relationships we find there. Yep, and today on episode two, the second part of our three-part series for these Disney princesses, um, we're going to be talking about the Middle Ages of Disney, or so we've labeled it the Middle Ages of Disney. Um, We're going to discuss Ariel and Eric from The Little Mermaid, Pocahontas and John Smith, Belle and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, and Mulan and Shang, who I just love all of these (laughs) couples. Um, They're some of my favorites because this is the Disney I grew up with and a lot of you guys grew up with as well. So it really sticks with me. And these are the tales that like we watch over and over and over again. That's right. We are going to compare and contrast and analyze the Middle Ages of Disney. So... Here's our traditional spoiler alert, which again, <laughs> what rock are you living under? You need you to be watching these films. These films. Uh, so with that, let's begin. Yes. Okay. Question one, Devin. And we're going to start with the Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So Ariel and Eric, what are their good and bad qualities? Well, for starters, I'll say that the Little Mermaid is honestly one of my favorite Disney movies. When I was younger, I instantly fell in love with Ariel. Her her quirks Uh and passions and beautiful red hair and that cute smile. Um, I mean, she just got me. Uh, What else can I say? And clearly the same (laughs) happened for Eric as well. Because all all he did was hear her voice and once, (laughs) he heard it once, and he immediately was enraptured by the idea of Ariel. He searched the whole kingdom for that voice. Um, ironically, it's Ariel's, vo- Ariel's voice that gets stolen from her by Ursula. So it makes things interesting for them, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if I fully believe in the whole immediate love story kind of deal they have here. It's definitely rushed. And Ariel is way too young to get married to a dude she met three days ago. But their story is interesting in the way... Um, Eric falls in love with her. He falls for her true character without a voice and the bells and whistles. Um, He loves her for who she is and knows he wants to be with her despite the issue, quote unquote, um, if you will, of not having a voice. Yeah, I love The Little Mermaid, Mm -hmm. too. I can't honestly, I would say that this is the one I probably watched the most as a child. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite out of all of these, though. So we'll we'll be talking more about that later. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. 
I love Ariel's curiosity. I think that's one of her great characteristics. It gets her into trouble sometimes, but she is one of these, I want to discover, I want to learn characters, and that's awesome. Eric, he's okay. He's not my favorite of the middle age crew here, um, but I'll deal with him. You know, I think right. Eric is a little gullible at times, and I think Ariel is a little bit reckless at times. But For the two sure. of them, <laughs> oh yeah, but the two of them are actually super cute together. I think watching her try to figure out life on land is like the cutest oh, thing in the world, like with the fork and brushing her hair. Right. And I just think that's so cute. The um, and yeah, and I like that they come together in an adventurous sort of way as well. Like they don't come together like singing at a wishing well. They come together like at a shipwreck and then they meet each other and she saves his life. And mm -hmm. it's this whole thing. And they are just take they eventually end up taking on the world together because they have both land and sea behind them. <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah. Love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so with that, um, many people take issue mm -hmm. with the fact that Ariel changes for Prince Eric. Is their love unhealthy in this way? Is changing an overall good or bad thing in relationships? Yeah, I so there's this the reason that I kind of put this question out there was because there's this picture that when we were in high school was going around on social media. I don't know if you've seen it before, but it's of Ariel with human legs and she's sitting on a rock, but she's, she tried to sew her legs back together and it's really morbid and kind of gross, but there's this whole movement of people that believes that she gave up too much for Eric. Mm. And, you know, I kind of, kind of agree with it. Like as a child, obviously I wasn't like, oh, my inner feminist girl. But um, I, I think if we're going to be fair, both would have to change a bit more for it to actually work. Eric literally doesn't change at all. Yeah. And Ariel's the only one who changes here. But and, and that kind of bugs me. I do think, though, that people are overall too obsessed nowadays with saying that you shouldn't change at all for someone you love. And I just think that's not true. Change is inevitable and can actually be healthy in a relationship. But Ariel, Absolutely. yeah, I think she does change a bit much. Yeah, I guess I could say that as well. Um, she does go through the transition from mermaid to human for him, and I get that. Um, and to think she put her life on the line for a, the guy is also kind of unhealthy um, because she wrote... Um, the contract and if she didn't get kissed she would turn into that little like shrimp thing <laughs> and be like <laughs> the little bowing down thing. to ursula <laughs> yeah that little the little guy <laughs> however <laughs> however i don't think that change is a bad thing when it comes to a relationship some changes are good and necessary for the relationship to blossom whether it be friendship or love relationships in general are meant to make those involved better people mm. um so I see the pros and cons of this. I do agree in the sense that she did change drastically for him. And we don't want that in our, our relationships. Um, like that's almost like a Sandy and. Um, ah, a Greece Danny reference, kinda. of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think I think there's definitely like those kind of issues that are going on. But yeah. Um, but I do agree in the in the idea that change in a relationship is good um mm -hmm. becoming better person like seeing how you are impacting someone else like i think that is a good thing um, yeah but alas here we are 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it just kind of depends, I guess. But we, we can talk more about that later. I agree. So, For next sure. question. We're moving on to Pocahontas, my favorite. Um, <laughs> so, let's talk Pocahontas. And we're going to get right into the deep questions here. We're going to dive in deep, guys. Watch we out. are. So, xenophobia and the differences in one's values ends up sparking a war amidst the love between Pocahontas and John Smith. How was Disney ahead of the game with this couple in certain ways? And is it right for them to betray their own sides? Quote unquote betray, because we know that they're not really betraying mm -hmm. their own sides. They're sticking to their heart. But what do we learn from, or what did they learn from each other through their relationship? So this couple is huge and doesn't always get the respect they deserve. Mm -hmm. um, the movie highlights many themes that reoccur again and again in our culture today. And it's crazy to think that it was Disney that came out with this very mature and well-developed depiction of the story. And I love that surpasses bounds. Like the, we just talked about um, in the last episode how we had this perfect depiction of what a princess was and mm -hmm. they mess with that kind of formula a little bit with Pocahontas um, which I think is just so interesting and they kind of take leaps and bounds with dealing with such a quote unquote touchy subject um, I don't really see them as betraying their own kind um, sure their relationship is not what either side wants but does that make it wrong? I would even offer the argument that their sides betray them by forcing them to make a decision on mm -hmm. how they will align themselves. And um, they're able to heal the brokenness between the two because right. they bring them together and realize we're not that different and like we want the same things. So right. it's it's pretty good. It's pretty beautiful. So in the course of their relationship, Pocahontas teaches John to appreciate the new world he just landed in and to see people for who they are, not the, per not the perception you make of them. Mm -hmm. She puts herself between him and her father at his execution ceremony. This girl is strong and John uh. helps her follow her heart despite whatever other people think so i love yeah. that middle-aged disney princesses are strong they take leaps role and models battles. they do mm -hmm. and so sort of to answer the question i mean even though they don't end up together in the second movie um i still love this tale and that's something about the middle-aged disney there are sequels to all of these and they're not you know great and sometimes not even considered canon but right. Um, they do change the the narrative a little bit, so that's just something to keep in mind. Keep but, in mind as well. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah, I know. And there's also the fact that real life, the story of Pocahontas, is a bit of a different story, and it brings up a whole different thing where mm -hmm. people complain about the Disney-fying of things. Um, you know, taking people's real stories, their real sure. pain, and not putting it on the film, like making it a little too fluffy and bubbly. Um, However, you know, I really like this tale, even acknowledging it. I think that we should be able to separate the history of Pocahontas and this Disney tale in itself, um, because there are so many things to learn here as well. They teach each other so much is the first thing. Like you said, Pocahontas teaches John Smith to understand nature and respect life. And mm -hmm. John teaches her about progress. And the two, though you think would butt heads, actually end up really really mutually respecting one another and working together to bring together these two ideologies almost right. even though they're more cultural than ideologies that's what you kind of see here um 
And it's something we could all really learn from. And that's what I find beautiful about them is they're not betraying their own race, like sort of is put forth in some way. Um, They actually show their tribe or their group that, um, no, we love each other despite these weird prejudices that we both have. And we're able to look past that. Um, And I think think it's very ahead of its time and very... um, just a strong tale that really ended up, I think, like forming a lot of the people that we know today. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of our friends, like these Disney tales really formed who they became because they saw all of these important right. things and learned from them. Right. Um, I love that. But yeah. Cool. So this is one Disney couple that does not end up together in the end. What does this say about love? I think I think they do love each other. I think maybe it changed over time as Pocahontas kind of matured a little bit more. Um, and what's funny is she does end up with a different English dude. It's just funny that she just loves it. She has a thing for English guys. I don't know what to say. Um, but I think it shows that they weren't truly in love. I think, you know, they they... They taught each other so much. They saw something new in the other person. They were excited. Mm -hmm. um, And they were excited by the qualities they saw in the other person and learned so much. But they were not in love. And I think Pocahontas, when she experiences real love, she's able to appreciate what John Smith had taught her originally in, oh, well, I can appreciate this person who's different than me and actually go as far as loving them. Um, And it's really actually kind of a sad thing. I don't know how much you like have watched Pocahontas too, but it's one of my favorite sequels. No, and I was actually just about to say this. Like, I don't remember a whole lot from it. I know I, I do. definitely <laughs> watched it. I don't remember a whole lot from it. I know she goes to England and she meets yes. a new guy, but I don't remember now, the rest of it. Now, I don't generally love the sequels to many of these. Like Mulan 2 is weird as heck. Um, you know, Beauty and the Beast, the Christmas version is kind of cute. But yes. I think that, I know, I think that... Um, Pocahontas, the sequel, is actually pretty good for a sequel. Like, it, the animation's a little bit weird now that I'm watching it again, but it's one that I actually love because mm-hmm. she, she's still learning and we're still learning with her, and I think it's really good. Definitely um, going to have to rewatch that for sure. Yes, but what do you think, Devin? So what I love is that their love doesn't have to continue. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be this forever kind of love. I get that. It's for the moment. And it's a love that unites her tribe and the settlers, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure, their fling is beautiful, and John Smith is a pretty smooth talker, and they learn learn so much from each other about how to live their lives now that they've known each other. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it was ever meant to last. Mm -hmm. In life, we have these relationships that matter in the moment we learn we live we love but we know it's not end game yeah and yet you leave better you leave as better people ready for the next adventure even john knows that they weren't meant to last um he asked for he asked for pocahontas to go with him back to england when he um at the end of the first movie um, when he gets injured um, knowing that she can't just uproot her life and sail across the ocean to be with him right she's needed here where she can continue to unite the people and help mend them Um, yet they know that they will always be with each other forever it's kind of sad honestly it really is yeah that ending is really powerful where like she's like she her father's like you need to make the choice and Mm -hmm. she decides that 
I'm needed here. And then he gets on the boat and like she runs after and then they have that whole like the wind moment. It's really cool. <laughs> it is. What a cool movie in general. Absolutely. Um, but moving on to our next couple mm-hmm. from Beauty and the Beast. What can we learn from the relationship between Belle and the Beast? So the most obvious lesson is that looks aren't the most essential element when it comes to love. The prince in this fairy tale is not Prince Charming with the good looks and the chivalrous manners. Um, nope. He's, well, he's a beast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what more can you say? But through her time with him, Belle learns to love him for who he is, and their relationship is stronger than other Disney royalties because of it. Yeah, no, I, obviously, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But I also really appreciate Belle. Mm. Just generally the character of Belle. Um, she's just a freaking mm-hmm. amazing person. She's able to look past the Beast's exterior and love him for who she is, for who right. he is. But that's not all. Like, Belle is also an inventor. She is an intelligent person. She reads, like, all these things that, in for, for the mm-hmm. time, it's breaking the stereotype of what the early Disney almost made, um, which is the the damsel in distress that waits to be saved. I feel as though Belle almost puts herself into captivity. Yeah, she's ready for adventure. She puts herself into captivity to save her father. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That is a big deal. And and we learn... We learn a lot from her. We learn a lot from her and the beast. And we learn a lot from, like, the beast, you know... He, he meets Belle, he falls in love with her, and then he's able to change because she gives him that example that he never had before. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's just like a very transformational story um, yeah. that I love. All right, moving on. Are they good for each other? Or is it an unhealthy Stockholm kind of thing going on here? Uh, honestly in the original I have some issue because I don't see too much that they share in common apart from like the library thing Mm -hmm. Um, I think we get more of their compatibility in the live action film that you were talking about because we have moments where they're actually being sarcastic with each other like kind of flirting in the old Disney film we don't really get that we just kind of see Belle like start to soften towards him and then we assume that that's love um, yeah. it's kind of just understood that they fall in love and, and you know that doesn't mean that they don't have moments that we don't see that bring Correct. them together yeah, but yeah, it yeah. does feel a little bizarre at first what about you yeah. what do you think Devin so I think they definitely help complete each other yes I mean Belle is this beautiful independent woman who wants to experience the world um, she wants a life that's bigger than this little dinky town she's living in yep. um, Belle also helps the beast treat people with kindness by opening his heart her heart yeah. knows no bounds and helps unleash the humanity within the beast. So I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she knows he's been hurt and wants to help repair him and build him back up, which is essential to any relationship. Yeah, no, super important. Um, I, I love it. I really, really do. But moving on to our next couple, since we're trying to go through all of them here, um, Mulan and Shang. I love these two. Um, So they have a bit of an unconventional storyline, to say the least. Do we ship that storyline? What do we think of their growth together? So Mulan is definitely a girl worth fighting for. (laughs) 
yeah, so these two don't really form a real romantic relationship until towards the close of the film, but they have a great connection. Um, all throughout, they are able to banter about... Um, just banter back and forth and learn from each other. I actually love the idea that their relationship isn't solely about romance to start. Um, we get to watch mm -hmm. them go from hating each other <laughs> to falling head over heels um, to save the uh, to save one another. Um, it's quite beautiful, really. What are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I love. <laughs> their storyline it's so cute like even though they don't and that i do like what you said they're not falling in love from the moment that they no. meet each other because there's a sort of implication like when you're um a heterosexual person and you meet someone of the opposite sex and like th there's a little bit of an implication will they won't they sometimes and I feel like that's what have, what would have happened if he knew that she was a female from the very beginning it would have been like <laughs> oh like there was just like a little bit of awkwardness but there was none of that because he thought she was a and dude and what I also yeah and what I also love is that she doesn't go to war for a guy she yes. goes for her honor and for her family for her father like yes. it's not like it's not like a okay i'm gonna go to war and i'm gonna meet a guy and i'm gonna fall in love like that's yeah, not her yeah. plan at all but it it happens which is funny. i love it <laughs> I, I just think they the way that they start out as on a basis of we're just two guys so they're able to be just completely themselves around each other well themselves except she's not really herself, really herself. but <laughs> um but it is really fun to watch and but Either way, this is completely irrelevant, but I just want to say it before the episode ends. Mulan's grandmother is the shit. I love her so much. <laughs> she's she's awesome. the best part of the film. When she's like, do you want to stay forever? I'm like, yes. <laughs> the lucky cricket. <laughs> yes, she's my hero. But either but way, so that's that's my... Room. Yes, yes. I ship her, Anyways. honestly. <laughs> just her. <laughs> <laughs> So are you good? We're ready to move yes, on? Yes, I'm all good. I'm ready. You know. All right. So did Shang have feelings for Mulan before it was revealed that she was a female? Question mark. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> I think he did. Okay. I need to hear this. Please go on. I think he did. Um, not at first, because obviously just a dude, kind of annoying, whatever. I think it was conflicting for him because there is a point I forget exactly when. Oh, when he finds out his father is dead. And she like says she's sorry and she puts her hand on his arm and he kind of looks at her and it kind of a moment. Mm -hmm. And I think he's very conflicted about it. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think it's through the, the, I don't think it's the whole point of the film. I think the whole no, point no, no. of the film is that Mulan is a kick-ass person. I'll scene and see what I think. Yeah, you should. Um, and, you know, I think it's a nice change in this Disney film that their relationship is not the center mm -hmm. of no, everything. Um, it's more about Mulan and how she grows. But, but at the same time, I do think Shang was maybe questioning for a little bit his, uh, <laughs> you know, his perspective. But uh, what do you think, Devin? So I don't really know how to answer this. <laughs> I mentioned I mentioned that they are able to form a strong bond and respect each other, but I don't know. I don't think he has any true romantic feelings for her before the big reveal. Um, he definitely cares for his fellow soldier, especially after she chases down the avalanching mountain to pull him from the snow. And he shows concern when he finds out she's injured. But that's about 
it, at least from what I can see. But you do bring up a good point about that one scene where he finds out that his father's gone, too. Yeah. Um, so I am interested in seeing to see the reimagined Mulan that came yeah. out over the summer. I'm waiting for it to be released for normal um, Disney Plus viewers. Yeah, me too. But, I, but already have, I already have some walls put up <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, there but, are some, some issues with the film in general. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the fact that it's not going to follow the animated film, which yes. is not a problem overall. Like, it's just sort it's of annoying to Disney people. Yeah, I I. I do have a problem with them messing with Mushu and the Me music. too! Mushu um, is so important. That's what makes the film what it is. We have to give a shout out to that fire-breathing dragon, of course. We do. So, Eddie shout Murphy, out to the Grandma man. And Grandma. shout out to Mushu. <laughs> Some great characters in this film, let me tell you. But moving on to our general questions. Mm-hmm. So similarities and differences. What do we see among middle-aged Disney films? So as viewers, we definitely still get that overarching lesson that Disney is so brilliant at storyboarding. Um, Throughout the course of these developments, we also see how the princess trope is tweaked again and again. We definitely have a stronger passion um, and their dreams or goals are not always focused on finding the perfect guy. With the, right. exce- with the exception of Ariel, which you could still argue is to experience a new world and not just fall in love. Right. Um, I also love the variety of cultures Disney dives into with this grouping. Each one is beautifully crafted and undoubtedly necessary to the expansion of the genre. I agree. I really do. And we so obviously we see a much more confident female lead. Mm-hmm. Similarly to early Disney, the female is the lead, which right. is still something that they were ahead of their time from the beginning. Um, but with these tales, you see women who are taking their own futures into their hands. The men are not the ones they're fawning after for the whole time. There are other parts to the film that actually occur that create a plot line. Um and I think we get more backstory. You know, we see women who are taking ca- who are taking control of their own destinies um, because we we see what their their home life was like. Right. We see what was set up for them to achieve their destiny. Um, I also think we have more backstory to the men as well here, and and Agreed. they have more substance. I think these films generally just have more substance and are much deeper. They're not necessarily an escape tale like like the early Disney were, were that you can just ignore all of your problems i think these delve into deeper issues oh, um, for sure. and they make you think about them which which is really a great thing and it's a sneaky to see. thing for disney to do too it is sneaky and like i said these are films that really shaped our generation into who they were mm-hmm. um so to have these sort of complex ideals at play in the film but still make them fun to watch it, it's kind of a great way to educate a younger generation for so sure. for sure here's that All right, so moving forward. How are these relationships different than the early Disney princesses we talked about on our previous episode? Yes, so we get a lot more footage and we spend a lot more time watching the two actually fall in love. It's mm-hmm. not just sort of something that happens and then they're chasing the relationship the whole time. Um, it's more that in the beginning, these women, they're not just you know duped into falling in love with some dude at first sight. They, they learn to grow and learn to love the person. Uh, Ariel's a little bit different, like you were saying, but um, rather than just jumping in, they spend time getting to know each other, mm-hmm. which is something that I think is also really good of Disney to have, you know, taken the leap of changing that trope 
in this sort of era of Disney princesses. Right. These these stories are more stories than love stories. Um, good but point. the the romance is a good part of it still. Yeah. Um, so that's what I find there. What about you, Devin? These girls have a backbone. Yes, they do. Each one of them wields a weapon in one form or another against their enemies. Yeah. Whether that be Belle's intellect, Ariel's heart, and her father's um, triton, um, yeah. Mulan's sword and her bravery, or Pocahontas's fierce determination, these women know how to fight for what they believe in, which is one of the biggest changes with these princesses is that before they kind of just like allowed things to happen to them. Yep. Whereas these ones take action. Um, so that's really all I, I, you focused on the relationship. I kind of focused on like how did these, these women girls change? <laughs> right. Well, they do girls, change women, a lot. Sure. <laughs> uh, women. I promise. Right. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, yeah. So with that, we kind of go into our last uh, question that we're always asking. Mm -hmm. Do we ship it? Do we ship this general middle age of Disney princess and which of these Royal couples comes out on top? So keep in mind, guys, we also did not mention some other, um, couples that usually fall into this um, category of middle era yep. we might bring them up later on in further episodes that we're going to feature these couples on <laughs> so just wait and see what we have in store for yes. you in future episodes <clears throat> but regardless how can you not ship these couples I does know. each one have some issue yeah sure but doesn't every relationship these are again some classic films we grew up watching they teach us the importance of bravery and peace and a beautiful heart inside and out this one is a tough one for me to choose the top royal couple um you're pinning two of my favorites bell and ariel so, mm. so i'm gonna have to Probably say I have to stick with my young crush, <laughs> Ariel. Ariel. Um, yes, their relationship is on the fast track for sure. But come on, how can you not go? How can you go wrong with "Kiss the Girl"? Yeah, "Kiss the That's Girl." Such a classic. Love Hell it. yeah! Well, so I do ship this era of Disney princess. I mm -hmm. think you know, with every film that Disney is going to make, they're going to have some criticism. But I do think. It was the appropriate moment of growth for them. They they found a way to make these Disney princesses kick butt. Right. And that is awesome because I, it inspired young women to do more in that way. I also would like to point out that we are shipping the relationships in, the, in this episode. In yep. the prior episode, we shipped the story. But now we're yes. actually like hardcore. These relationships, these relationships are good. Except, you know, our few bits of uh, hey. commentary on Ariel or whatever. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, ultimately, though, these are women who took control of their destinies and mm. the men weren't the central focus right. but the relationships did help them grow still um so my favorite is gonna have to yes. be between two as well Ooh. uh beauty and the beast and mulan and pocahontas oh you're surprising so, me i know pocahontas and john smith they don't end up together but they grow. They teach each other so freaking much. I love that kind of love. Um, sure. And I love what they taught each other. For for Beauty and the Beast, obviously, Belle was always my inspiration as a kid. She's incredibly kind. She has an unassuming heart. And she's just... Did you dress just, up as her for one 
um, Halloween. I when you did were it, but no? I wanted to, and I probably will <laughs> soon. Um, but she's genuinely smart. You know, she was someone to, for kids to look up to, and I think the Beast was transformed into a kind-hearted dude through their love so that was right. always a super inspiring thing for me mm-hmm. um, let us know what you guys think if you think there's a different one that captures your heart absolutely and now let's hear from some commenters so the first one comes from Katie and she shares her thoughts on Beauty and the Beast so I'm sure they will align in some fashion with yes. Stephanie's um, Bell's and the Beast's relationship wasn't based on appearance alone they grew to have mutual respect and trust each other through their actions. Those are important qualities for a healthy and lasting relationship. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I loved this story because of the music and songs that were sung throughout as an adult. It's been my favorite because I love Belle's character. She is a smart, confident, and independent woman who is happy with who she is. Lastly, what I like the most about the remake is that they give a backstory for Belle's mother and explain how and explain more of the beast's past as to why he was the way he was. It really shows the story in a new light and it helped answer some of those questions that I had from the original film. I love that. Yes, thank you. I (laughs) echo all of that. Um, Our next one here comes from Michaela, and she actually chooses to focus on Pocahontas. Yes, I'm ready for it. So who was the right one here, Devin, for the Mm -hmm. two best? No, I'm just kidding. Um, So she says, I personally love Pocahontas. Pocahontas for the art. The Lion King and Pocahontas began production the same year, but Glenn Keane really wanted to pull the stops out for Pocahontas, so the movie was released a year later, in 1995, which is when I was born, uh, Mm -hmm. to ensure that each frame was a beautiful work of art. Because of my art background, Pocahontas has always stuck in my head, and I find she has the most striking features, and I love to draw her. I think that the baseline love story is beautiful, but as we can all agree, extremely inaccurate. Yep. I admire the character Pocahontas for her bravery, intelligence, love for nature, and sense of adventure. I love that. That's a very good analysis. I love your insight on that, too. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Absolutely. So, and now we wrap up our second episode in the Disney Princess series. Thank you all so much for listening and stay in the loop as we unveil the rest of season two. Whether you are listening to us on your favorite podcast streaming service or on our YouTube page, thank you. Also, while you're there, hit subscribe and leave a comment. We'd love to chat with you. Yep, we're so excited to bring back We Ship It, like I said last time, in bigger and better ways. Um, We have many announcements coming up soon, so follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on our website. Um, Yeah, so our website is www.weshipit.wixsite.com slash we ship it. And feel free to email us anytime at weshipitpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us over social media, as Stephanie already mentioned. And if you're watching us on YouTube, again, leave a comment to discuss what you think about these royalties. Thank you so much, guys. See you next time, love bugs. We are loving being part of your world. Aww. (laughs) See you. (laughs)